can, you know, through Aboriginal ways, just reach out to some of our mob. Working with the wider non-Aboriginal community and working with our own community together allows us to start eating. In the past, you know, people know who they are and that type of thing, but there hasn't been something there to bring everything together, to bring people together, and Native Title has done that. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which this episode was recorded, the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains, and I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome back to Aboriginal Way, a podcast and radio show by South Australian Native Title Services. I'm having a coffee at Zuma with April Laurie, the Commissioner for Aboriginal Children and Young People. She's just about to finish her first term as Commissioner and she joins me now. How are you going today, April? Um, Good, thank you, Caleb. You're a Murning and Cookatha woman. What does country mean to you? Country means being connected and having a sense of belonging and knowing and understanding about where you're from and for me that's the Ngunnawal region on the far west coast of South Australia and the hinterland Gawler Ranges regions where my grandmother's mob come from on um, the Gugutha line and obviously my very um, you know loud and proud Murning heritage from the far west coast of South Australia. You know my mob settled in around Quiniba and Sojourn at the turn of the century um, but our country is the Nullarbor region, stemming from SA, obviously, into Western Australia. We don't know those state borders, but that's, that's our country and the Bundercliffs is really important to us. Mm. And what made you want to apply for the commissioner role three years ago? Well, I've got a history in working in Aboriginal affairs, the Aboriginal affairs agenda in Aboriginal child welfare, whether it be foster care or child protection, youth justice, and I believe that there were the opportunity came along to put together all my years of experience, my knowledge, um, and my values to address things that are happening and affecting our Aboriginal children and young people in South Australia. And it was really important for me to bring together all those, you know, experiences to, to be part of a, a process to transform outcomes. There were, you know, observing too many failings of the system um, for our Aboriginal children and young people and really picking up on legacies that were left by people that I'd worked with, like Aboriginal leaders, and continuing that that legacy to transform outcomes. So, you know, I've worked with people like Brian Butler and Sandy Miller who were, you know, what I would say were pioneers in South Australia in terms of Aboriginal child welfare policy and, you know, like the introduction of the Aboriginal child placement principle into our legislation. Them two were instrumental and I had the privilege of working with those two. So it was important for me to um, garner everything that I'd you know, gathered working in education, in health, um, in justice and in um, child welfare to to put it to good use and to apply for it. So it sounds like you really knew what you were almost going to be in for as a commissioner, but 
is there anything you've learned during the process? Yes, that, and it's important for this role, is that Aboriginal children and young people have a voice, they just need a platform. And this role provides that platform um, for our Aboriginal children and young people, and that platform is also about how our Aboriginal children and young people who hold values, cultural values, very close to them um, have said to me that involving the voices of their families and their communities is, is important to who they are as Aboriginal children and young people. And do you think that that's what matters to young people most? It's one of the many things that matters to our Aboriginal children and young people because having undertaken a very um, robust engagement process across South Australia, you know, over the last two years um, with Aboriginal children and young people, you know, at youth centres, in in schools, wherever um, I get the opportunity, what is really clear that our young people speak um, quite clearly about issues to do with, with racism, about employment, about getting a good education, about um, issues that are troubling their families, the the dilemma of poverty, um, but also, you know, the issues around how they can get their community to be more responsive to the issues impacting Aboriginal children and young people. So this is where I go to in terms of um, native title and the impacts on the rights of Aboriginal children and young people. So when you have young fellas talk about how in their communities, how they get treated by, you know, law enforcement or how they get treated when they go into shops, um, they, get, they get searched, they get followed, they get unnecessarily um, harassed um, and they want their community to stand by their side and they don't see that happening but they see, you know, 300 people from their community rock up to a native title meeting um, they want that level of passion, that level of commitment um, to be... So they acknowledge that, but they also acknowledge that, that um, it's a it's a call-out to the Aboriginal community to see that level of commitment to safeguarding the rights to them as Aboriginal children and young people in their community. They, they want community advocates at a local level supporting them. Yeah. Are you proud to see... Um you know, the amount of young Aboriginal people that are getting out in the street and joining marches, as, you know, we've seen in the past? Oh, look, I'm, I'm impressed when there's a, you know, when NADOC events, the, our Aboriginal children and young people out there, but the Black Lives Matter, um, you know, protests and the campaigns and the rallies that we've had here in Adelaide, um, their commentary on social media has been amazing. Um they're turning up to other other issues and other events you know I saw I saw a whole lot of Aboriginal young people on the steps of parliament with other non-Aboriginal people um, in regards to climate change and what I reckon our young people um, say mostly though is that they want to be portrayed in a positive light and that because what they've said to me is that hey, we know there are issues and we know that, that, that affect our, you know, our, our children and young people, whether it's child protection, family violence, um, you know, police, lock-up, you know, disengage from education, 
etc. There's a lot of great things happening with our Aboriginal children and young people and they've asked me to try and drive some initiatives that actually portray Aboriginal children and young people in a positive light. So, um, yeah, I'd like to think this year that I can start the process to um, develop an initiative where I've consulted with, um, you know, a whole you know range of young people about something that's been put to me. So I'd like to speak about that more at a, another interview, possibly, Caleb. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah, I'd like to. Okay, I'm excited to hear more about that one. We'll have to catch up about that. Um, but, yeah, you were talking then about, you know, ch- Aboriginal children and young people kind of being watched when they're entering certain stores or places. And, you know, a thing you've advocated for is raising the age of criminal um, responsibility from 10 to 14. So, you know, do you think we're any closer to this happening and will you keep pushing for it? Well, I'd like to think we're closer to having a national and state response to raising the age. We know what the science tells us about children not having the criminal intent. We know all the evidence about children and young people being incarcerated, what that means, their separation from their families. We know it doesn't do any good. Um, We know that there's an awful lot of lobbying from across, you know, commissioners, guardians, children's advocates to raise the age. It's now for the state to respond. Um, And we've got a state election coming up. So... You know, sometimes we have to look at opportunities where we can yield, you know, changes. Opportunities are before us to be able to apply pressure um, to raise the age. You know, we know what other quarters of the community think about raising the age. You know, there's, there's certain sections um, that have got concerns around um, very serious offences, but they're really... Um, they can be dealt with in, in other ways. And, and for children that are at risk and, and dabble in behaviour that puts them at risk, um, then we need to have diversionary programs. We need to have programs that can support and provide therapeutic responses that our young people need. You know, any child and young person um, at risk, rather than lock up, we need to be offering um, a much better response to those children and young people than what we're currently doing, which is incarceration. And we're holding them in remand, and you only have to look at the data about um, most of the young people that are in, in lock-up are actually in remand. So that needs to be avoided, that's unnecessary, and that's actually an indictment on the right of a young person, a child and, a, you know, children and young people. No, Totally. Um, I think it's good that you were mentioning there that it's not necessarily a thing for the law to deal with and maybe it's a mental health thing, you know. There's more to it than that. Um, Better late than never, but you've got new powers as Commissioner. Can you tell us about them and what you're going to be using them for in the future? I think one of the main um, areas to focus on with the powers being afforded to the Aboriginal Children's Commissioner is the ability to conduct own motion inquiries, um, you know, powers of Royal Commission, basically. Um, 
you know, if you look at it that way, and that's how it is, you know, enshrined um, in the in the legislation. That enables the commissioner to then acquire information from state authorities to be able to, you know, conduct the inquiry and be able to call up people to provide evidence. You know, those are the things that are, are built within the, the statutory powers to conduct inquiries. And that means that I get the opportunity, like other statutory officers um, in the same position in that um, legislation, like the other Children's Commissioner, to conduct inquiries with, um, with robustness. So, you know, having a deep dive and to really look at systemic issues in particular areas that are affecting the rights of Aboriginal children and young people. And one of those in, um, inherent rights that is affected is the right to family and um, for Aboriginal children and young people, whether that's the relationship of child welfare and its legislation, limitations around the child placement principle and what happens in practice, obviously in policy, but also, you know, even incarceration what that means. We had the conversation before about raising the age. Um, kids getting incarcerated removes them from their family. Um, how do we actually conduct that process is something that I'm going to have to um, really have to consider um, carefully and be really, you know, considered about what that terms of reference will look like for an inquiry of that magnitude. Um, and because what I want to see is having, you know, a really thorough investigative look at an issue, the systemic areas that are affecting our Aboriginal children in one, you know, around their right to family, but also um, looking at ways to provide recommendations for change to really transform outcomes. Is there anyone who you'd like to thank for supporting you this far? Well, I think... It goes without saying that all those Aboriginal children and young people um, that have, you know, provided their voice, um, you know, they need to be thanked. Their, their, their views on issues and telling me the things that matter to them that help then me for to create my priorities to work on, I need to thank Aboriginal children and young people. Um, the people that are actually in my team, I've got a very small team. You know, I've had people like Aaron Hazelbane work with me, Cynthia Fielding. I've got Narana Coleman working with me, providing my executive assistant um, support. And also, importantly, Virginia Leake, who's working with me, who's really well-rounded in her legal perspectives um, and, you know, her policy and legal analytical skills have been, you know, fantastic. But there have been two key elders who have... Um, you know, provided me what I would say guidance and support, but have also facilitated a lot of my community forums, and that's um, Sandy Milam and Brian Butler, and Uncle Brian Butler, I respectfully call, um, who I've said earlier part have been pioneers in the space of, you know, Aboriginal child welfare in South Australia and indeed nationally, and I would say to an extent internationally, and um, you know. This government has been instrumental in bringing about the role of Aboriginal Children's Commissioner and getting it legislated. I, you know, that is so in, 
you know, critical to ensuring that this role is sustained and has its place in the legislation and so that it can work effectively with, with statutes that can really affect the areas of change that we need for Aboriginal children and young people in South Australia. Are you ready to continue on in this role if you can? Yeah, I am ready. Um, I've, I've, I've said to many of people who asked me the question um, in similar ways that the first three years of my term have been literally setting the, setting the priorities and identifying the key focus of my work and establishing the relationships and setting, I guess, the architect for how I should go forward um, in the role as Commissioner for Aboriginal Children and Young People with statutory powers. I'd like to thank my guest today, April Laurie, Aboriginal Commissioner for Children and Young People and also Chair of South Australian Native Title Services. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Aboriginal Way, a podcast by South Australian Native Title Services. I'm your host, Caleb Sweeting, and as always, I'll catch you next time.